is where, where we are teaching uh, women because they, they are, we are empowering them also to lead the, the, that nest, right? So they can go and, and they can see other women. They can see their childs. They can see the pain, you know, in, 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 their, in their people, in, the, in their childs also. And we're giving them like, like opportunities to grow because we, we are empowering. You can make a change in, in their life. Stick Your Neck Out, the weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. Welcome to the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I am Jean-Pierre Aguirre Durañona, and as you all know, I'm Cuban. Because of its diverse environments, Cuba has an immense and unique range of biodiversity. Many species of plants and animals found in Cuba are endemic, meaning they are found nowhere else in the world. One of these animals is El Sunsun. You might know it as the hummingbird. You can only find El Sunsun, the bee hummingbird, the smallest in the world, in my homeland, Cuba. A tiny gem, a super brilliant one. A very small, brightly colored bird with a long, thin beak, whose wings move very fast and make a humming noise. For many cultures, mostly in Latin America, hummingbirds are more than just beautiful tiny feather friends. For many, hummingbirds teach fierce independence. They teach us courage. Having the courage to refrain from creating new trauma by communicating non-violently towards ourselves and others is an important part of healing. Recovering lost parts of ourselves enable us to become healthily independent. My guest today is the founder of Centro Colibri in Bolivia. And yes, colibri is another word for sunsun, and that's how we call the hummingbirds in Spanish. Carolina Ortiz, a 2019 cantari, is from Montero, Santa Cruz, Bolivia. It is said by many that Bolivia is the most violent country in Latin America for women, and this is what this podcast is about. But first, welcome Carolina to Stick Your Neck Out. Thank you, Jean-Pierre. It's my honor to be here, my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. The honor is all mine. Centro Colibri offers a support system for victims of sexual violence, and it also runs advocacy campaigns. What does the hummingbird stand for? Oh, <laughs> hummingbirds. To me, are like, like new life, because they are pollinators. Also, they are beautiful, small. When I started my project, the idea of my project in, in uh, Cantari, I remember that Why, why colibri? Because colibris are small and, and they, they only choose uh, very colorful flowers, you know, not all of them. There are some of them. And they, they pick very special flowers and, and also pollinate them, right? So that's the work that Colibri Foundation and, and Colibri Center, Centro Colibri, is doing right now we are working with only special people no i don't say that all of them they are not special but you know we, we are working with women and also men that are living or facing violence so they for me they are special and for colibri also for for the center they are special so they we, we are pollinating them but we, we are doing small work with them And we're doing something. And the hummingbirds are small, right? 
and and we are now small. We are small, and the, the work that, that we're doing is small also. But we're doing something, and, and we're pollinating, and we are like seeding, you know, planting. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a really important thing. Studies published by the Deutsche Gesellschaft für Internationale Zusammenarbeit, the German Society for International Collaboration, and the Bolivian Chamber of Commerce and Industry shows that one of every three women in Bolivia experience sexual abuse before the age of 18, mostly within the family. But you also find this information shared by many other institutes, the UN, the WHO, etc. What forms of gender-based violence do women encounter in Bolivia? How is to be a woman there? <laughs> We are living like in a world that everything is like like a cover, like 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 a mask. It seems like a beautiful outside and, and, and you, you have to have a face for the world, but inside it's, it's different. Not only, for example, for the people, but it also inside, the, inside us or inside the family. Because most of the uh, situations are happening inside of the family. Yeah, but what, what is happening? What kind of violence do you encounter there? Okay, we are right now working with uh, uh, women suffering with sexual sexual assault, violence. So we are focusing in in that, right? In in sexual violence. So most of them we are working right now with uh, 18 women from 14 to 51. So most of them, like 90% of them, they they face it violence inside of the family. So that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to take. I'm guessing that this situation led you to found Centro Colibri, an organization in Bolivia that works on empowerment of women and girls who have faced domestic violence. Tell me a bit about it. How did Centro Colibri come out? What is its goal? Okay, Colibri, when I went to Cantari, I wasn't able to talk about my my own Experience, you know, I was I was trying to talk about experience of other people that I was working with. When I was working here for Catholic churches, I was working writing um, proposal and project projects for um, for Catholic churches, so they can help women. Uh, for example, I was asking for for projects for cooking, for for um, sewing, for for anything that helps the women. But not only because you can say, ah, but that's something that all the women do. No. When you, you take the women, most of the women, those are, I'm talking about poor women, most of them stay at home or go to work and come back. But they don't have a, a time or, or place to go and, and talk with other women. So I was talking to train them so, so they can empower themselves and, and, and do something or, or maybe later they can sell their products and, and something. And when I was uh, going to see them for, for reports, I could talk with them and I could see them like, like they, they, they face it like shame. They couldn't see you at the eyes. They, they were like very shy. But once when you talk with them, You can see that their history is not different than yours. And I think I was doing that work. I was passionate with that work because I was uh, trying to help myself <laughs> in some way. 
because uh, I was I could see myself in them, in girls and boys and in women. I'm going to tell you about about my my own history. Oh, please. When I was a little girl, three to six, seven, eight—I don't remember—eight or nine or seven, I think. I was—I used to go to my um, grand, grandmother' house for vacations, especially for vacation. And she was a very sad person and very strict. And she couldn't see us because we, we, she was alone, right? So we went there to, to make her company. And she was living with, with an uncle. He's deaf because he's, he's still alive. And I remember the first time that I was uh, walking near the stables, near cows, because they, they have a lot of cows and, and animals. And I don't remember, I think he gave me some candy or something. But then I didn't understand very well. I remember, but I didn't understand very well that he was abusing me later. Like, it, and it happens for, for, for many, for many like uh, years, vacation, my vacations, <laughs> oh, God. until I, I managed to, uh, to like, to say that I was sick, so they take me out of that place. I, I used to say to cry and, and say that I have a bad pain in my, in my stomach to my grandmother. Please, I, I can I cannot be here. Like, and and then I was I was growing up like with that pain for many years. About like six or seven years ago, I couldn't stand that anymore, and. I found a, a therapist. Okay, luckily. Yes, because I was like almost at the end of my life, you know, like I wanted to commit suicide and um, and I found that uh, therapist. And after like a few months, I could see my life like in a different way. I used mm -hmm. to, to, I remember that I used to paint. And after therapies, I, I could, see the difference in, in my, my, my paint, you know? Everything, it was different, you know? I, I could see life in a different way. I felt more happy all the time. It was a change in my life. But it was because uh, I wanted to do something for myself. And I, I can see right now, for example, with, with, I am facing that problem with, with my beneficiaries that not, not all of them are ready for, for change. You have to be like open to, to, to say, stop, I don't want this anymore. Yeah, actually, that's what I wanted to ask you. How do you heal from sexual assault? How? <laughs> therapy. For me, for, it was therapy at the beginning. It took me like uh, one year. I'm still going like, like sometimes, you know. Therapy, painting. Also, writing for me, it was like a very healing. Talking with, with other women, because I, I, I had the chance to, to meet, to meet other, another women. But it, it wasn't like, like a place that I could go. But life is always bringing you people like you, <laughs> attaching to you or coming to you 
and and when you you talk to them, you realize that they have the same or similar problems or worse than you. So we started getting together and talking, and not talking only about uh, how was your your experience or anything, but talking about life and and hope, you know, things that make you feel alive or, or feel feel that you are not different than other women. But you see, there are so many women in, in Bolivia. When I started Colibri, uh, I was talking to friends, dear friends, and I told them why. And they told me, I suffer the same. Can I, can I be in your, in your program, please? Can you imagine that? My friends, my dear friends. Yeah, it's incredible. And you never expect your close friend facing the same because you never talk about that to other people. Yeah, that's the problem. It's incredible. I mean, I'm really happy that you, you are on the way going out for this situation and that you are offering other women the opportunity to, to find a refugee you know, to talk or to do whatever you, whatever it is you, you do there in your, in your space, in your own space. So could you please tell me what normally happens when a woman or a young girl comes to you? For example, I'm going to tell you the story of one of the girls, for example. She came for some friends that broke her and she was 14, I think. She is 14 or 15 now. A little girl. Yes. I knew that she, she faced that problem, you know, that situation. But she, she, she wasn't ready at the beginning to, to, to talk about that. So we, we, we started, we, we start talking and talking about life. And, and so, so you, you, you don't feel like you are being like in front of a judge, you know, or something. So we start talking about life and, and I, I start telling about the program, what we do. And uh, I start talking about, about my life also because uh, so, so they don't feel like she, she doesn't feel like, like she's the only one, you know, or I can tell the, the uh, somebody, somebody else also story, you know, so they, they feel like, like they are in with, with similar people. And we start talking. So I talk about myself, my, my, my experience. And I think that they, most of them, they, they used to open fast. Most of them, like 80%. They, they don't like, like, they don't open like fully, right? But, but they speak about the, the trauma. And uh, that's a good step <laughs> to me. Yeah, the first step is really important. So, and then compromise and, and to, to come because not, of, not all of them, you know, they are not ready. Most of them, they are not ready. So I ask, ask them to, uh, to, to compromise, to, to heal themselves because they're going to see a, a change in their life, you know, like I, I did also. Because for me, it was like a difference right? from, one, from one, one side and to the other. So most of them, they come, but, but a lot of them, they're also quick, you know, because they are not ready. And it is sad because uh, I know their, their gears are facing also 
because they 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 look like they don't they can't see the pain in their ch- child they can't see abuse in their child it is like they have like a they, they are blind to see that so when when you take yeah. that blindness you are able to see your child also on 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 the pain in other women also on other people so that's why i i don't see like it is like a, i can i cannot judge my mom right now like i did before <laughs> and i understand that women also because i face it the same you know like it is not because you you, you don't want or, or you, oh you you are a bad person and you cannot see your your girls or or your child's but I think it's, it's the pain that don't allow you to to see others. Yeah, I can I can understand, and that's why it's so important to that that you have you have created this this place. Are you working alone or you have a team? How how is it? How is it? Yes, I am working with a psychologist and also a person that is helping us. So we are three right now, but we are we're five outside, like uh, with five people outside with um, nuns and, and, and other people that is helping us because we are working with women in one place and with the girls in, in different places. So the girls, we're going to the neighborhoods to get together with girls and, and talk with them. So, so we're yeah. a small team right now, but uh, we're working, you know. <laughs> How do you get in touch with the girls and young women you are helping? For friends, for the nuns, because I, I, I work with um, Catholic churches. I still work because before going to Cantare, I was in touch with uh, many Catholic churches. And I am working with them and they, they are sending me the, the, the people and friends also. The, the people that I am working with right now are violence happening in in when they were a child, mostly when they were a child. So they, they, you, don't, you don't talk about that and, and nobody know about that, you know? Yeah. It's like being silent and, 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 and a pain for, for a long time. Yeah, which make everything bigger or worse, you know? If you keep this whole thing in, as a secret, and grown and grown. you don't open up, mm-hmm. it's also difficult for you. And for example, mm. the people that is going are to the municipality, They, they have help also from the municipality. They have um, psychologists, but it is like a, in a short, short time. So they need also to implement something in long term because it is not like very easy to, to, to heal. Violence is not easy to heal and it's not quickly. No, no, it's a really long process. So how do men and women indoctrinated into a patriarchal society as it is in your land react to the goals of Centro Colibri? Most of them, they say, okay, you're doing a good good job or, or okay, good, good. But okay, my program is still like in, because I don't want to expose the, the, the women. Yes, of course. Yeah. Confidentiality is important. Mm-hmm. I don't want everyone like saying, oh, you go, you go there because you, you are, you were raped or something or, you know. But uh, for example, right now, I started with um with a program for girls because uh, I had a lot of women that quit the, the program and I know it is difficult to change the mindset of, of women. So I started a program for, for girls 
I right, right now I have 13 girls from um, uh, 9 to 16. All of them face violence at home. Two of them only um, um, sexual abuse. Two of them, but all of them violence, you know, all kind of, of violence. Oh, so we are like, a, we are like working since we started at the end of April for three months. It is a pilot. So we are working with them to change the mindset in a little way also. Like we are empowering them. We are uh, working with self-esteem, with um, talks. We have a meeting with them. And it is public, you know, because it is not like like uh, you you were raped and and you if you go there you you it's because you you were you are in you are special that is special you know so it is open to all, all the girls yeah yeah so so they they are not like like oh yeah yeah it's just an open group where everyone can come and I think and... it is a good project for for the girls and I can see difference in one month you know. Mm-hmm. Because where I am, in some way, I am using techniques from Kantari that I learned in Kantari. Because I remember when I, I, I came the first month at Kantari, I was so shy and, and <laughs> I, I couldn't speak to, to other people. So they, they help us, us to, to go out and, and explore our, our creativity. That's why I'm doing in some way, in some way, you know, to, to the girls also and it is working <laughs> yeah that's that's a great thing that it's working so i think it was in your dream speech at uh, kantadi you talk about three phases in these three phases you want to support the wounded girls and women to fly again can you please tell our audience briefly how these phases work i'm going to talk about uh pollination first because uh i was talking about the girls right I think it's, it's one of the things that hummingbirds do also, pollinate. For example, with those girls, we're, we're pollinating right now, <laughs> trying to change the mindset of, of the women, especially women, right now women, you know. But also um, we're starting with classes of um, cooking, bread, so the women can make business, you know, so they can have, help themselves. Not only staying like like for for uh, for the family, also for helping the family. But we are we are uh, helping them to make a business so they can generate. And uh, right now in in the um, this pandemic time for the COVID, poor people are facing are um, are facing the hardest time in their lives. I think like like in no time, you know. It's a pandemic inside. The pandemic. Yes. It's not only with Corona. I think it's mostly because of Corona that you have this other pandemic, the one which particularly affects women and girls. Yes. So we're teaching them how to, to manage their, their money also and, and how to make the products so they can, they can do something for themselves. So that's one of part of the, of the pollination. But also, not only that, you know, uh, but trying to change the mindset of the machismo culture that like like mm-hmm. like the staying home or 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 only trying to be equal you know with with the girls and boy at home like for example we have the the situation that we're giving more food to boys 
or girls have to clean only or cook or something, you know, it is natural here. So we're trying to, to, to teach that, that everyone is equal, you know, and doing yeah. and teaching them that, uh, that they have to change also. <laughs> yeah. It's this machismo thing, you know, <laughs> I mean, every time I talk and reflect about this topic, I can't stop asking myself, What we as a society can do to discourage this, this machismo, this violence. And actually, it's, it's funny because you met people who said it's, this is inevitable. But the question is, is this really inevitable? Can we change? How do we change? How, if we are living in the same place and, and with the same people and watching TV or, or and nothing change, you know, if you don't, see outside the box or nobody is telling you or, or giving you the light of doing something different. So I think it is one part of the pollination of Colibri and nesting is the program for the women where they can, they, it is a place where, for example, right now we are not public because it is a private place where they feel secure, where they feel at home, like a nest So they don't feel vulnerable to, to the world. So it is a place where, where they can grow and heal. Heal, especially heal. Yeah, healing is, is a really important part of, of this whole process. What about fledging? That is uh, it's where, where we are teaching uh, women because they, they are, we are empowering them also to, to, to leave the, the, that nest, right? So they can go and, and they can see other women. They can see their childs. They can see the pain, you know, in, in, in their, in their people, in, in their childs also. And we're giving them like, like opportunities to grow because we, we are empowering. You can make a change in, in their life. But now I, I, I learned that not all the people are ready to change. So if you're ready to change, you can take the opportunity. The thing is that uh, we're, we're preparing them to, to, uh, to go to, to life, you know. They, they are never going to be the same person that, that they, they, when they came to the, at the beginning of the, of the, of the program. Yeah, you are changing their life. It's, in, in some um, way, in some way. I think it is a part of ego also that I don't want to say, I am changing the life of women. No, I'm think, I'm just there. If they want to change, great. But mo most of them, they are not ready. What I'm doing is showing them opportunities and telling them that they should, they should take that opportunity. I, I can imagine it's not easy to go out from this violence circle Because you are all the time scared to go out and to tell about the people. And so the question is, why aren't crimes against women taken as seriously as they should be? There are laws, yet they are not always enforced. Why is that? What's the problem? I think it's the patriarchal society. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see the, another, another point of, uh, or an, another reason, you know. Because we were raised in, in that in that mindset, so women. I don't want to talk about the, the Catholic Church, but <laughs> because I, I work with them, you know. But for example, uh, 
women right now they they, they are they're rising, rising, you know. But uh, you you can see the difference also. Men used to gain uh, have more. They, um, they earn more money. The salary is, is upset than the, than the women. For example, at home, at the beginning, they said that you have to stay home. You're a woman. Women, you don't. You shouldn't talk. You should clean. You cook. So, I think we, we are not taken in uh, in a serious way. We're being seen like um, objects, sexual objects. Yeah, that's really sad for for having kids. And for example, me that I don't have kids, and they are always asking me, "Why you don't have kids? You don't, you don't have who's going to take care of you?" So so they don't understand why women are being without having children, you know. And I always uh, now I can say like I have my my child that is Centro Colibri, I, and I can. <laughs> uh, what I am, I am helping other people, and and I helping my center also. I am working with that. That's my child. So I don't know. It is a long process, I think, so that people can change. I I cannot say why why people is is not not taking serious violence right now. Mm. But maybe you can say how can I fight this domestic violence. What should I do? Empowering women, <laughs> making them know that they, they have rights and they, they have they can do something different and they can live differently. So empowering women, I think, is is the and and it it is not in a feminist way, you know, because I am not like a, in a like an in a box to say, oh, I am feminist and I am a, I am a working or I am fighting against men. I'm not because I know I know a lot of men that uh, were abused also, and we are not only women that were abused that are, are suffering from abuse or from from violence. There are a lot of men. I think it is only uh, time so so they can understand a little, or, or or women can raise their voice or or empower to to go out and fight for. What they want, but they need to start at home. That's why I think I am working with girls right now, so so they can, with those thirteen women, ladies, girls, <laughs> adolescents, I am trying to 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 make them see that they can make something different. They they can do something different in their lives. If they, they will want to have children, it's okay. But it is not like, like something like you have to do. But I'm empowering them in, in a way that they, they, they can see life in a different way. So I, I, I think I, I am doing something different. <laughs> I hope that it, is, it doesn't carry any repercussions. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I actually think that it's going to get bigger and bigger and that more people are going to gain, more women in this case are going to gain confidence and are going to go to you. So... What is the most important thing you want to teach the women about themselves and the society? I am like a, like a very endless in, in this situation with, with the women, telling them that they have to love themselves very hard. Start with that. Love yourself no matter what, no matter if you have your, your, your gray hair or maybe you have wrinkles or maybe you have dark skin or you, have a, you don't have a leg. Or, or you don't like your hair or anything. 
or, or nobody loves you at home or nobody believes at home. So love yourself. I think it is, it is the beginning of, of everything for change. Love yourself. Every day that I see women or, or girls, I am telling them, love yourself. And you have to practice that every day at home. I think that that's the, <laughs> that's the point for, for, for me. <laughs> love yourself. It's important to love himself. I mean, the self-love is really important to, to live a life. Not a normal life. It's just to live, you know? To, to everything. Self-esteem, I think, is, yeah. is one of the biggest steps for, for anything in your life. Yes, it is. Are there things you as a sexual assault survivor want victims to know? Something that is important for people out there who are in the same situation that doesn't really uh, know or recognize that they are in this kind of situation? What would you say to them? I could say that to, to my girls also or, or to any women or, or men that is facing any kind of violence, but especially the um, sexual violence that I think is, is one of the most uh, hurtful or painful, that they are not alone. We, we are like, and it is not like to be proud of that we are in a, in a, in a different group. But we are special. We, we, we face that situation to overcome and, and to, to make you strong, you know. So you can, you can see that it was happening in, in not only you, but your grandmother maybe, or, or your grandfather, or your mother, your uncle, your aunt. And you stop at that said stop no more and you heal for yourself and for them also so that change doesn't continue so you look for help try to um, connect with somebody that you trust or some, some place that you you know that you can they can help you look for help don't stay silent say you're true And you, you are going to see that you're not alone and there the, the are a lot of, and your family is facing also the same situation. And for shame, they are not talking about that. And when you, when you heal, when you go to therapy, try to do different things that you, that you like. And uh, you are going to see the difference. And you're going to, to live your life in a different way also. And you're going to help your kids if you have. And you, and your performance at work also, it's going to change. Everything is going to change. You're going to see life in a different way. So look for help, please. Yes, and that's, that's really important. Thanks for your time and all the best. Oh, thank you, Jean-Pierre. Thank you so much for the opportunity and, and your time also. Thank you so much. And there we are at the end of the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. You'll find the stories of the Cantari alumni and the Giraffe Heroes, the stories of people sticking their necks out every Tuesday on Spotify, iTunes, our homepage, and every other place where you get your podcast. And if you subscribe, you don't have to look out for us, we'll be coming to you. Dear listeners, if there is a friend, a family member, an organization, or someone you know who is doing a great work in the community, someone sticking their necks out, just nominate them as a Giraffe Hero, or tell us about them. 
come and visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu. My name is Jean-Pierre Gerdurañona and I hope you join us also on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. But more importantly, I hope you join us again next week. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation.